0: am not even going to comment, not even going to comment. Hey everybody, welcome to the Why Aren't You Famous podcast um, with me, Ellen Cherry, and your other host,
1: Andrew Grimm. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm
0: good. That's good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Feeling accountable today?
1: <laughs> I am feeling so accountable, oh my goodness.
0: You even did your taxes on Friday.
1: I did, I did, and that has something to do with my essay.
0: Oh wow, interesting, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So you decided to go ahead and fund this sham of a government. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> well, I'm just joking. You're being responsible.
1: Well, but part of the problem, or part of the, well, it is part of the problem, but also I believe in taxes. I believe in... I believe in them too. I believe in community and contributing and my fair share to to what has to happen. I don't I don't necessarily agree with...
0: Pulling a hair off of your microphone because uh, it's like right in front of your eyeballs. Um, okay, now. Yeah, now I d- can see clearly. Yeah.
1: Now that hair is gone. Um, uh, Whatever. Um, Taxes? Taxes, yes. So, yeah, no, I I think that um, I I disagree that a lot of my money is going towards building weapons of mass destruction. No. Um, And then some people are siphoning off that money to do whatever they want with, you know, fuel, cocaine binges, or uh, hide illicit affairs with, with Playboy models or or um, adult entertainer, entertainers, enter,
0: entertainers. Wait, was he using tax money for that?
1: No, I'm sure somebody is.
0: No, I mean any system that involves human beings oh. is <clears throat> likely going to and like have both um, people who are interested in preserving the social contract of law and other people who are willing to abuse it egregiously. Yes. Um, So we have to like sort of mitigate for those circumstances. Anyway, this is a heady topic we've headed into. I have not filed my taxes yet, but I will Uh because I also believe in taxes. And um, even though I am child free, I definitely want there to continue to be public education, mm-hmm. public libraries, public services. Oh yeah. Um Gotta I am I'm a recipient of Medicaid mm-hmm. and have been for several years. Oh, I qualify
1: for Medicaid now. Yay. Yeah, that's right.
0: Welcome to the fold. Sweet. I would like to give a shout out to my Medicaid provider, Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. my MCO, because um I had a different one last year and they were it was a little bit of a scary experience and I did not want to go and actually actively pursue Healthcare plan with my caregiver because i didn't actually feel safe wow. in the location and then this year has been completely different hmm. i feel like i'm in a, in a well-run organization so wow it's That's nice cool. yeah it actually makes me think oh i want to go see my doctor and find out what's going on with my body so that i can be healthy yeah. which is what a concept yeah. what a concept for a person actively pursuing preventative health care
1: yeah Instead of uh, what defensive healthcare? Or yeah, emergency healthcare.
0: Yeah. Like just waiting until I get so sick th- with something that I, you know, can't see inside my own body and then going to the emergency <laughs> right. room to get emergency care when it's much easier to do. Anyway, so accountability. Mm. That's what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah. When, when was the first time you ever felt accountable for something?
0: Ooh. The first time I felt accountable. Uh-huh. Well, what is your definition of accountable? What is the definition of accountable?
1: Oh, well, I'm I'm operating on the assumption that accountability is a personal responsibility that you have.
0: Okay, personally that, responsible. That
1: you're being held accountable for something. So when you account it, you have to add it up, and therefore we assign a weight or a value to it then.
0: Yeah. Man, the first time I felt accountable that I remember, I'm sure I felt accountable for things as a child. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I would have to think about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably sometime in my teenage years when I was beginning my wokeness. Oh. I remember protesting the first Gulf War in high school and mm-hmm. like having conversations about that. And I don't know if that makes me accountable though. Mm-hmm. Something I felt personally responsible for. I don't know. What about you? Let me flip it back. Cause I can't, I feel like I'm um, not able to think of something on the spot.
1: I, when I was four or five years old.
0: Oh, you're an early, I guess you're just like brilliant genius. Start at four.
1: <laughs> just my memory's pretty good.
0: Can you hear my eye rolls <laughs> Ugh, through the microphone? Oh, oh, God. oh
1: God.
0: So accountable God. in preschool.
1: Well, no, I, I felt a kind of... Um, I I had found uh, my my mother had hidden a little animal figurine that she was going to give to me for my birthday. Oh. And I had found it in a in a drawer, and I wasn't specifically snooping. I wasn't like you know I'm going to find. My, I had no idea, but I saw it. And I was like I was like oh, this looks like it's for me. And I remember my mother being not upset with me, but she said, Andrew, you know, that's called snooping and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I should have said, well, but it was in a drawer in the public common room, mom. But I didn't have that facility of language. (laughs) But I felt, I felt, I felt ashamed. (laughs) And I think a lot of times, like, when we think about accountability, being held accountable for something is is a source of shame or the residual is shame that we we would feel like I'm accountable for that. And this is something that, for whatever reason, I, I instead of being a point of pride, I think we usually look at it as something else, as punishment punitive.
2: Well,
0: yes, um, that we do look at it punitively rather than, because it can be both, and I agree with that. Um, and I think it's interesting that you brought up the topic of shame because... We, I think we've actually talked about this in one of our episodes before about shame and to live in like a post-shame mm. culture yep. where um, I definitely think there's plenty of things that people have been shamed for, I've said this before, that they should not feel ashamed of, you know, like being who you are, right. um, sexuality, uh, the way you dress or the way your body looks or your gender or whatever, like things you shouldn't be ashamed of. But the idea that we, people are also unashamed for the things in their personality or the things that they do, actual actions or decisions that they make based on completely selfish and self-serving reasons. And then they're, they're like, well, I'm unashamed about that.
1: Right. You know? That's a coping mechanism for telling yourself it's okay.
0: Yeah. And that the purpose of shame, like we, we should be shaming our lawmakers oh, for yes. the fact that oh, like, goodness. yet again, this week we have a terrible school shooting and- that scene in uh, War of the War, uh, War of the Worlds. <laughs> oh wow! Not War of the Worlds. Um, Game of Thrones when Cersei gets shamed through the streets.
1: Shame.
0: And there's a woman behind her. Shame, shame. 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 Yeah,
1: doesn't doesn't turn out well for her.
0: No, it doesn't. No. But so I don't necessarily want to be the person who's like going behind um, our legislators yelling shame. But the idea that they're immune to it. I don't know if they're just coded in money and um, are sociopaths, but they just are like, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I have received money from a special interest group that is all about guns and, um, and fiercely defensive about any type of legislation that would actually keep a weapon that I have personally fired, an AR-15, which is an incredibly easy gun to fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have kick, a lot of kickback. You can fire multiple rounds even without having to have a bump stock on it. I fired that gun two years ago, and I wanted to know. Like, I don't like guns. I think they're, I don't think, I don't need to personally own one. And I thought it was an incredibly violent experience to shoot mm-hmm. like these different types of guns that I shot that day. But the least violent and the easiest gun to shoot is the AR fifteen, so I understand why it's the weapon of choice of of murderers, because it's almost like you're not even doing anything. Whereas a revolver, it's actually really violent, and there's a lot of kickback. And I, I mean, anyway, those people are the people that are receiving money from special interest groups that support that are anti gun control are um, shameless.
2: Yeah.
0: Shameless in their um, prioritization of commerce money uh, wealth over the lives of fucking children yeah like not putting aside like innocent concert goers right you know at a concert or at a movie theater people enjoying togetherness um you know being gathered around entertainment this is like there's something so insidious and wrong and it's
1: well, the, the, the shamelessness of it is the fact that, and if we take it back to the topic. Accountability. They're not yeah. held accountable. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not voted out of office. They are, you know, there's very little that is, you know, I mean, there's there's a whole lot for, I think, personal integrity and within the perspective of humanity. <laughs> that you would be like, "Yeah, you know what? I, you know, we should probably do something about this."
0: Yeah, just as a human animal, as right. a member of the species, where is your sense of preservation of your own species?
1: Now, this takes me back to this movie, I don't know if you've seen it, Aliens. Yeah. There's this really great moment where Ripley says to to Burke, she says, "I don't know which species is worse, but at least you don't see them fucking each other over for a percentage." Yes. It's a great line, and it's like, because you know, he wanted to quarantine. He wanted to bring an alien back for study, and then for the bio weapon division, and all this other stuff. But it's it's that same type of thing. It's like that's the weirdest thing about our our, our species is that we are
0: self destructive. We're
1: self destructive, and it's for it's it, it's not for the it's not for the um, promotion of the species. It's not for like I got to get my my DNA out there. It's like I, I got to buy a second McMansion because. Ugh, you know.
0: It's so warped and perverted and insidious yeah. and disgusting. Yeah. And the, I don't know, I want to talk to voters in this midterm election. I want to hear from voters who, and talk to people who are willing to vote for any lawmaker who doesn't, at this point, just say, okay, enough. Right. We are, we have to make actual reform. This is it. Because there's. it's not like there's not statistical data that, gun control can work. Australia banned assault rifles, didn't mm-hmm. they? Yep. Like four years ago or five years ago and they had it was, a buyback I it was program. Like 10
1: years ago, I think. Actually.
0: And their mass shootings- Dropped. Dropped. And like, so there's empirical, is that, a, am I using that word mm-hmm. right? Empirical. Um, yep. Empirical evidence. and da- Yeah, data that shows us that we have the capacity, the intellectual, emotional, and physical capacity change but maybe not in this country (laughs) and I don't mean that of course I'm not like anyone is listening I want them to think like I'm wholesale writing off Americans or American culture I love this country I'm an American I want to stay here I want to be part of the solution but the it is heartbreaking and soul-deadening to think I know how difficult is it is to make personal change and all I can do is that that's the only thing I can do yeah. and hope that it ripples out um and radiates from me outward but well ugh. it's
1: kind of like it's kind of like we're it's the the idea of like you know the abusive relationship like got to get out of the abusive relationship and it's like ah, I just can't you know can't stop it's like, yeah but, but 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 you know and you have your outside people who are like oh no no that's terrible but then it's like, you know, people are in love with their guns. They're in love with the system. That's
0: true. And I think that that's a pretty good actual, um, I think that's a good analogy to relate it to an addictive, mm-hmm. a symptom of an addiction. Yeah. And it's the addiction to the principle of the individual mm-hmm. extended into guns yeah. because and I'm from a place where that is like... Yeah, you're
1: from Texas. Yeah. It's, it's like you guys were born with guns.
0: I mean that's yeah you come out with yeah. one in yeah, your hand. Yeah, it's
1: grafted onto your body immediately.
0: <laughs> it's. Pew, 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 pew. These are actual sound effects being created by Grimm <laughs> They're not inserted into the podcast. I'm sorry,
1: they're not. They're it, that's not Texas. The Texas is like pow, 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 yeah, steak. <laughs> isn't that? Isn't that how it goes? Steak.
0: steak and don't let women do what they want. Um, with their bodies. Any, any Texas
1: <laughs> listeners, please don't remember this when we come down there.
0: <laughs> we're trying. Yeah. Hey, should we listen to some essays? Let's
1: listen to some essays. Let's start with yours. Okay. And then we'll we'll get to mine.
0: Okay, sounds good. Here's my essay on uh, being accountable, accountability, uh, and, and, and gun, fame, and gun control. No. <laughs>
1: Apparently, we're going. I don't for think
0: it. I mentioned a gun at all in this essay. So here's a little bit of a reprieve. Well, then I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> no,
1: please. It's, it better have guns in it. <laughs>
0: A long time ago, in a place called Texas, I once had an opening gig for a woman named Susan Gibson. I met her again years later at a full conference, and she was gracious enough to pretend to remember me. Susan had written an amazing song about wide open spaces and having room to make a big mistake that was made into a monster radio hit by a trio of talented performers out of Texas called the Dixie Chicks. In my opinion, both versions of the song are good, but having seen Susan sing her song in a live setting, it had a more atmospheric Texas feel to my ears than the Nashville country pop sound of the Chicks version. Frankly, it is one of those songs that deserve to be a hit for the songwriter and for the performers, and I'm glad it was. I remember seeing the Dixie Chicks perform at the Texas State Fair when they were a bluegrass group, and I was probably around 13 years old. Their evolution through band members and then a change of sound was interesting to watch. When they became famous as the Dixie Chicks, they were more pop than Texas country, and it was fine, but I didn't follow. It was the late 90s and I had started listening to a lot of Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel and lots and lots and lots of Tori Amos. I also remember the run-up to the invasion of Iraq in 2003. It was a constant in the news cycle, and this was when I personally was still getting my news from television and print news and not primarily through the internet yet. I remember that time being filled with constant talk about weapons of mass destruction, something i had studied closely in a semester in college in a class called War and Peace in the Nuclear Age. From what I had read of eyewitness accounts, saw in film footage and archival photographs, mass destruction is best experienced as something from our history, something that can never happen again. I've written songs about it, mostly to alleviate my own real anxieties. They are songs as much about self-consolation as they are a personal protest. I feel we're in that age again. A few days before the invasion, the Dixie Chicks were performing in England, and the lead singer, Natalie Maine said to the audience, Just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We don't want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the President of the United States is from Texas. She was talking about George Bush former governor of Texas and, at that time, the president. I remember thinking how great it was that she spoke her mind. In her way, she was speaking truth to power. Her comment prompted a large and long-lasting controversy that became almost instantly comical and absurd. The corporate backlash against the band and their music was intense. Former fans were making piles of their CDs and running bulldozers over them. They lost sponsorships and affiliations with groups they had worked with to promote social good. It was financially and personally devastating for them, but it also redirected their next works, which were focused on maintaining their version of radicalism, centered around a very important American right, free speech.
1: Ah, uh, the Dixie Chicks.
0: Ah, uh, the Dixie Chicks.
1: Yeah, that's a good essay. Thanks. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like how every essay that you you write, there's always this like, it, it feels we've known each other a long time, but it feels like you've lived like a thousand different lives. <laughs> like every every essay is like, oh well, then then I was in the company of of, of this sort of semi-famous person, and it, at the crux of a particular moment in time where like. There's, like, some sort of, like, facet of history that's being created. It's like, it's like, oh, well, there you have it, you know. And wide open spaces.
0: Wide open spaces. Yeah. Room to make a big mistake. Ugh, what a um, great line. Well, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. But, yeah, the um, I, well, to research the essay, I was thinking about this for a couple of days beforehand. And then I went on um, the Wikipedia page. Thank you. I do support Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> think it's good Uh there's some good information
1: it's a good starting point
0: exactly it's a good starting point it's a good starting point for celebrity sex tape that you can search by alphabetical order anyway back to the dixie chicks i'm
1: still waiting to release release mine
0: (laughs) everybody's waiting for that one yep (laughs) um so the uh anyway (laughs) again with the eye rolling uh <laughs> Dixie Chicks.
1: Dixie Chicks, yes.
0: There there's a long entrance in the Wikipedia page about what happened after they said that because the backlash Yeah. was she issued an she apology. had to, she issued two apologies, two apologies. She yeah. issued a sort of a soft apology where she was like I shouldn't have said that that wasn't nice. But I still believe it. Believe it? And then like a couple months later she issued an apology that was like I didn't mean to be disrespectful to the president and this and that and he even commented on it he was like i mean george bush who now seems like the one of like a great statesman and not oh, a buffoon at all right. and those halcyon days oh
1: how low the bar has yeah
0: um, it's amazing to me it's to have observed that and to have lived through the bush years and feel that way um that like ugh, i would love to go back to that um just also knowing that, the, um, that Barack Obama was on the horizon. <laughs> um, so that's just the way I personally feel. Uh, anyway, uh, reading, like he even said, they have a right to speak their mind. It yeah. doesn't matter. He's like, I wasn't offended by it. I wasn't hurt by the fact that they said that. Right. Um, and he's like, that's the point of being an American is that you can say what you want. Yeah. And um, I think the reason I thought about it in terms of um, accountability was that she took responsibility for speaking her mind in that moment and exercising her right as an american to comment on the president's decisions and i thought that at that point they were four years into some like pretty serious getting famous in country music and pop music and to to risk something like that and not even know i mean who knows if she knew that she was risking that much I'm sure that they couldn't have anticipated because they were in another country. They were in London and it was literally, I think, nine days before the invasion of Iraq and all of us were watching the farce of them convincing us that this was...
1: This is what we needed to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And a lot of people feeling like this seems like a mistake. This, you know, where are the actual, like, where's the yellow cake? Isn't that the yellow cake uranium issue? You know, like, where actually is it? And, um... It's,
1: we cr- we created the Coalition of the Willing.
0: Yes, the Coalition of the Willing. Yeah. I felt like I was in a freaking Star Wars movie watching news and then actually watching the invasion and how yeah. it was like a movie. Anyway, for her to stand up and say that in front of a crowd, I just felt was her taking accountability for the way that she felt mm-hmm. and using her fame to to let the world know that there are Americans who are feel accountable to what's about to happen in a foreign country to innocent civilians. Because I think at the end of it, I don't know. And somebody can correct me on this, but the amount of American casualties was in the thousands right. for military people. Yeah. But the Iraqi people lost like 200,000 yeah, lives. Of thousands. Yeah. And so in terms of a balance sheet They got hit way worse than we did. Of course. And it's like, I don't know. I just remember thinking of that moment of just being like so proud of her. And then being disappointed in that I understood she probably felt like she had to recant in a way and apologize. And, you know, now we're living in a world where if you say something, it's instantly taken out of context and even more difficult like we are, right. I don't know there's like things you well, don't even think about saying now
1: and you have that huge distance between people like when you, when you well, let me I'll just put a pin in that okay and pin it come, pin doink. Um, doink uh The. Um, I like how
0: we have different sounds for a pin yours is <laughs> thunk, thunk mine's
1: doink doink because um, when I
0: cut the pin comes out it's Like really this.
1: that's our new whoa that's, that's our that's our new band and doink. <laughs> and doink it sounds inappropriate. Um. Anyhow, uh, but she's also in in her moment of her accountability. She's holding the president accountable, mm-hmm. which is you know I, I think that art and artists and and you know the the creative crowd is there is a responsibility to to speak. And to say things and to offer up a, a dialogue, or at least, like, well, hey, wait a second, you know. And I think the thing that got her in, in trouble, if I could put that in air quotes, um, is that it was, you know, it was a public forum, but she was also, they were dead set in the middle of that hardcore mainstream country radio. Yeah. And that, I mean, for her to say that, I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. I'm like, I don't know how it's going to work for you in your career because those people don't care about art at all. I mean, no offense to those people who listen to WPOC, but seriously, Luke Bryan is not art. Um,
0: Well, and some close relative, I remember after that happened saying to me there, I am tired of entertainers mixing politics with entertainment. Yeah. And I don't go to a show to like, he be preached out about somebody's ideas, political ideas. I go to be entertained. And I remember thinking like, we that is the point of artists, right. and that is the, is that you're right. That is the demarcation line between a person who is artistic and creative. Um, not that I don't want to say that because I think there's plenty of artistic, creative people who aren't overtly political.
1: No, but I think that's but that's the whole point of like we talked about with our art and co- commerce. What's the difference between the two? Yeah, and you know a performer. Okay, well a performers are performer. You know they they are a tool. Of the product, and do I expect them to have a political opinion in their in their art? Well, they're not creating art. Yeah, they they are looking good and dancing or singing pretty and stuff like that. But they didn't write it. Yeah, and and if, and if they did write it, okay, then let's hear what it sounds like. You know, here's here's what they're gonna say. But like, like Kendrick Lamar, you know, he's an artist. Yes, he's got a lot to say. Yes. And he's gonna be unapologetic. He's yes. gonna be unashamed. And he and he ultimately, from what I understand about him and what I've read about him, what I've what I've heard, is that he is willing to be held accountable for the things that he says. Yeah. Just as what he says is holding our culture and our society and our government and the people we interact with accountable for their actions. And and I'm sure he doesn't give a shit about his bottom line. You know, and so the stakes aren't and, and it even I mean he's Grammy winning and like all this other stuff but he also got there by being completely blunt. Yeah, <laughs> with and being what he's Im- saying. exactly and you being, know, being
0: descriptive observ- observational and right. and speaking truth to power about like things cuz you and I were listening to um, his song i this morning and there's a lot of discussion about depression mm-hmm. and him coming through this idea that he felt, maybe I don't know what he felt, but he's describing coming from a culture that is hypermasculine and doesn't allow you to be experience depression or be sensitive. Because right. it's a weakness. Yeah, and it was just it. Every time I hear that song, I just think this is a. I love that he wrote a song for himself about I love myself and it doesn't matter what the world is doing. I love myself for these reasons, mm-hmm. and but I'm also going to explain to you. Why I have to say it so loudly and in this way because I've been told by the culture to not love myself for because I'm black or Mm -hmm. this or that or female or poor or whatever reason that you have been told that you're not worthy of care. (laughs) I could also, I mean, I feel like in this topic, it was hard to pin down what I wanted to write about because there's a lot like (laughs) there's that Chinese artist whose name I'm going to mispronounce. Who's been jailed?
1: Oh, Ai Weiwei. Yeah, yeah.
0: for political art, like um, protest art, and um, but then also holding famous people accountable for yeah. the excesses of of their experience, maybe too. Like I was thinking about that, I was just like, how would I? I don't know. There's a lot more that we could have explored with this that I personally could have explored sure. with this essay. Are you ready for yours? Yes. Okay, good. I,
1: I, I am so ready.
0: <laughs> I'm ready to, I'm to so, hear it. So prepared.
1: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Here we go. I believe in paying my fair share of taxes because, at my core, I believe wholly in community and contributing to a collective society. Whether or not I have children, I want all children to be educated, because someday they will become adults, and I need them to be thinking independently. So even though the drive to contribute isn't exactly direct, it becomes more of a long game situation. So. Every year around this time, I rummage through my house looking for scraps of paper containing assorted numbers. Some of these numbers bear significance as purchases of food, gear, parking fees, dry cleaning, printing costs, studio time, rehearsal spaces... I'm not really good at streamlining a centralized system of organization for these miniature golden tickets, but despite that deficiency, I gather those tickets to crunch some numbers. I travel 25 miles. I transfer the figures to a certified public accountant. I wait patiently for 45 minutes. Then I rejoice at the news that, according to his government-ordained professional opinion, I have made a particular amount of money and that the government needs to return some of the money they borrowed from me. In other words, my year was financially successful. Or maybe it wasn't so successful. But that's all right. Being accountable is all about accepting the responsibility of your choices. In this case, how I chose to make my money and how I spent that money has very little to do with success. It is funny, though, that we pay someone to certify our declaration of earnings and losses during a fiscal year. A deeper dive into this perspective of accountability reveals to me what I did with my life for that year. As I comb through my calendar assessing the money I earned at shows and recalculating my mileage, I think about the shows that I played, which were good and which were bad, It is an accounting of my choices, what songs I played, whom I played to, and whom I did not. As I look over the receipts from traveling, a slow and sweet montage plays back, full of gas station coffee and late-night browsing through the truck stop shopping sections, wondering whether anyone is fooling anyone when advertising an aluminum billy club as a tire tester, when really all I can see myself using it for is a weapon in defense. Clicking on my calculator and the tabulation of expenses adds up. Every receipt contains the date and the distance from home. And in many cases, the time I shared with people in travel and destination. And although some shows may be disappointing, none of my memories are. Every single one of those images is punctuated with a smile or some type of funny story. As I write this, I've just returned from a four-day tour with June Star, and everything I just said is true. It is true. It is true. We only made $60, but we traveled 800 miles. We ate barbecue, and I had a bread donut pudding that stopped me in my tracks. Right now, I'm preparing for a 16-date tour with my good friend Ellen Cherry. We've toured before, and we always seem to have a good time. There is much humor to find in a Dunkin' Donuts outside of Danbury, and someone's blood sugar needs a spike. I so look forward to hitting the road this year. And I look forward to doing my taxes next year. To hold myself financially accountable for this lifestyle and job, I have chosen, really... I look forward to reliving the next year, one receipt at a time.
0: Okay, so an actual accounting.
1: An actual accounting, yes. It's all about the taxes.
0: The beginning of your essay definitely about the, um, yeah, the accounting of your year.
2: Yeah.
0: And the accountability of uh, your experience to yourself. Illustrated by all these, like, I love the term golden tickets. Yeah. Because the golden tickets that he's referring to are our deductions. Our
1: deductions, that's right.
0: <laughs> because that's what helps us survive. I don't think people realize this, but we... Um, I am a human female that eats food. You're a human male who eats food, and also we both live indoors, which is just incredible and Mm -hmm. awesome, and have been able to maintain that for ourselves. With running water. With running water and heat. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of, but the only way that we can do that is by really being vigilant as independent artists about our expenses, and that, you don't get paid for that time. Uh -uh. But it's just as important um, to this, the ability to create music because you have to, I don't know, not, I don't know, I'm just rambling. <laughs>
1: well, but it, it seems like, uh, you know, uh, when I started doing the music full time and talking about money and stuff like that, and the one thing that I really liked about it, I never really thought about, I, I don't really think, oh, I'm sorry, Meg is being... Meg!
0: Me. He always does this. I know. He's jealous of our podcasting.
1: He is. He's like, this is MIG time. Where's my MIG cast? (laughs) Anyhow. um, But like, uh, I always looked at my taxes as like, well, I'm going to do the easy, you know, 10.04 or whatever. 10.40. 10.40. Easy. And um, be done with it. And then when I started playing music, um, because I'm not good at filing all of my, Receipts. I mean, I'm I, I. They're in three separate places in my house, and I know where the, like the little gold mines are. Yeah. So I go in there and I I dig all that stuff out, and then it takes me about two hours to kind of sort it all out. Yeah. And and then tally it up, and then I'm looking at my the the cyber thing I talked about is the, my my calendar. Yeah. I go to my Google calendar where I record all my gigs.
0: So you can calculate your mileage.
1: And I calculate yeah. all my mileage, and, and then I start thinking about like, well, you know. Oh that gig oh that's right. and then I suddenly have this I don't want to say nostalgic, but it's, no, it's a kind diary
0: of, basically of your year, yeah, it's the evidence of your existence, yeah, and, and your s- process and your projects and your uh, progress
1: right. and it's like, yeah. wow, this is you know and in a lot of ways that that accountability through taxes is also me kind of feeling like, how am I accounting for my year, my own personal growth? yeah, and I always really.
0: And how you spend the only thing we really have, which is time.
1: Right. So. Pfft.
0: Quite poignant.
1: There you go. Yeah. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> I'm not very exciting today. I, I, really, like, I really feel like I, I like my energy. I don't
0: know. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it.
1: Now there's a warm cat. <laughs> in your lap. In my lap. And he's acting like a jerk.
0: Well, let's um, we can we're, we can circle back to this at another time. Right. Um, I think we have we have fulfilled our obligation talking and um,
1: we, we've only been talking for thirty minutes. Oh no, this is going to be like a short this podcast. Is short <laughs> podcast. Well, well, we could talk about other things. Though. well, okay, accountability. Let's talk about um accountability and well, what is the artist's accountability for um legacy? Like, nah, that's stupid. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm I'm grasping at straws here with that. Oh, Let's make. talk about the tour. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we are we are bumping up against, and we're going to be on the road in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yes. Our GoFundMe page is about half. Fulfilled. Half, half fulfilled so if anyone's listening to this and you want to pull the plug any amount of money will help us buy food sleep indoors in with action, running water with running water while we're on tour and the most important thing is
2: <laughs> that it's-
0: noise you're hearing is a cat literally walking in front of um Grimm's microphone oh man come on mig. <laughs> mig he's being he's being a little bit he's being pushy yeah. um so every yeah, we're doing good. And I'm excited about that. We're still looking. There's a, like three holes in the schedule that it will be groovy to fill. But if not, you know, I will just uh, wander about. Open mic. Open. And we'll go to open mics and we'll meet some people and we'll. Um... <laughs> he's being so cute. Oh, <laughs> sweet Mig. Um, I'm going to post a picture of him because he's so cute. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about the tour. Mm-hmm. I think it's going well. Uh, and we're going to be doing personal podcasting on the tour Yep. for the supporters, which means we, I will be soliciting what topic you would like us to discuss. And then we will discuss it for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um,
1: that sounds like a good thing. Yeah. And, uh, what, um, what are your goals for the tour? Like, like what
0: <laughs> I know what your goal is. <laughs> it's like total setup. What are my goals for the tour? Yeah. Um, to play well, to re- I'm really looking forward to this because I think that I have, first of all, I've done so much solo touring, mm-hmm. and it is great, but to be able to go with you and the two of us to be together to support each other and just have friendship on the road mm-hmm. and somebody to, sh- to sh- see things with and to share the shows with, it, it's really, I'm looking forward to that part yeah. of it a lot. So my goal is to just enjoy the time um, and to do some writing and thinking. And I, my goal is really just to see stuff and to reconnect with people too. Like yeah. I haven't seen Matt Monta in a year. Um, it has been a year. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Steve Dawson in a long time. So that'd be cool to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that you know that I haven't met yet in, um, in cities that I I don't think I've ever played... My own original music in Detroit. I've only ever performed in Detroit as part of a puppet troupe. So this will be my first non-puppet performance in Detroit, Michigan. I've been. I've performed in Ann Arbor, but not in Detroit. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Detroit's awesome. Um, Old dupe. Getting some slows barbecue. Mm. Um, going possibly to the Dia if we have time and looking Mm. at um Diego's Riveras.
1: I think we have time. Yeah. I think because we're just in where we're the. Oh, we're in Cleveland. Oh, well, we're in Columbus the night before. Yeah. But that's like a it's like a four-hour drive or something, a three-hour drive. Nice. So we can get up there early in the day and go check it out.
0: <laughs> so I don't know if I have goals as much as my goal is to really enjoy it. And there have been a lot of changes in my life in the last couple of months. And there's a mm-hmm. big one coming right after we get back from tour. So that's exciting. <sighs> I'm becoming a fish. <sighs>
1: I was going to ask you about those gills. <laughs> I've been working on it. i going to be <laughs> your, a full-time your skin swimmer. skin seems a lot scalier than, <laughs> Thanks. than usual.
0: Thanks. <laughs> I've been working on that, too. Getting ready to just be a full-time swimmer forever. Yeah. Giving up the music biz it's just become a fish. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Meg is becoming a popcorn shrimp.
0: Oh. <laughs> what are your goals?
1: Uh, well, uh, you already discovered the, via the Corridor cast. Yes. That uh, my goal is to one-up you.
0: <laughs> Every night. <laughs>
1: Every night. Um, you jerk. Yeah, I'm playing. Um, I'm playing five core songs every night, the same five songs every night. But then I'm only doing ten song sets for whatever shows we have. You know, that's the maximum I'm gonna play. Oh, really? Yep. I'm what gonna, if it's longer? What we, if we have longer space? We don't, we don't have longer. Space. Okay. I don't. I don't think there's any gig that we actually have like really long. Maybe, maybe the Wake Forest show, okay. the Sugar uh, Sugar Magnolia ca- Cafe.
0: Well, I still have a couple weeks, so I can try to wind up you in some um, way.
1: But uh, but yeah, all my other. I'm I'm challenging myself to to play songs I haven't played in about eight years. Cool. Um, And so it's going to be a different set every night, except for the five core songs. But I think I also want to record all of them and then dump them into Bandcamp for subscription stuff.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: You know, try to do a a live thing, a live retrospective type of thing. Cool. Um, That'd be kind of cool. I think my goals really are kind of, you know, enjoy the road. It is true that like, you know, heading out on the road with you is, is easier than heading out by yourself. And then also the band dynamics, which we just, Junestar just did a short run of, yeah. of shows, which was really good. It was a really good time. We had a, we had really good shows and, and Meg is shameless in his.
0: He's so cute. Okay, we okay. gotta talk. People right. are listening.
1: People yeah, are listening, and we're I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're getting really quiet as you take a picture of Mig, Aww. in all his glory. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, I think the travel aspect too. Yeah. You know, let see. It's it's, you know, you don't have to do all the driving, but you know, we're gonna listen to some uh, some music, and uh, we're gonna listen to the Night Vale podcast. I've oh, heard, I haven't heard this one. I've heard nothing but great things about it um and they're short episodes but they're all narrative types of things about a fictional town oh cool so it seems like it's gonna be really good so have you
0: heard s-town did you listen to s-town no i did not oh man i would listen to that one again it's only like seven episodes but it's really good that's cool so we can listen to that
1: and since we're in the honda fit that has the bluetooth now it's like you don't have to worry about how you set it up or anything like that nice so it's all good um yeah so those are my goals you know have a good time uh blow you out of the water at each set <laughs> uh
0: thanks it's not aggressive sounding at all no. i'm gonna show ellen cherry up every night
1: i'm gonna play ellen cherry sets
0: what do you think i'm gonna be studying for the next two weeks <laughs> i'm
1: gonna be opening up with <laughs> opening up with now that uh, i
0: know that you're what your five core songs are right which, if i play first this is well, a song about, love by, oh, you already, a song you about love by andrew grimm this is a song about love by andrew grimm this is a song about love by andrew grimm
1: we do have to um, cuz I'm I am going to play if I at some point. Sweet. And so I got to I have to practice that cuz
0: Yeah, cuz my version is pretty much the bomb, now. It, it, it's the definitive version? It is the definitive version. <laughs> it totally is. Mm. So, next week's topic is blank. Is blank. Which it's means a free form. We can talk about blankness and fame. We
1: can talk about whatever we want. Okay. We can talk about um, we can talk about Mig
0: you're just stalling because you think that we should have to do a or we should do a normal hour long episode. Yeah. Why didn't we have as much to talk about today? I don't know.
1: It, it's well, I think the national uh, the the atmosphere of where we are right now. It's just it's vexing that that, that anxiety that low exactly. grade low burn slow burning anxiety we've been feeling is now starting to to creep up. Yeah. You know, and then the school shooting and. It's hard to kind of maintain a focus on that and all our worlds are colliding in those ways so yes so it's tough
0: so do you think because i haven't you've been much more informed than i have about what's been going on but because you actually told me about yesterday one of the kids that was survived the school shooting Mm. was speaking on npr yesterday yeah and said that what's his name Marco Rubio and...
1: Marco Rubio and uh, Rick Scott, the governor... Governor of
0: Florida. Are, he's just like, I'm going to personally end your tenor yeah. tenure as leaders. You guys are finished. Yeah. And to hear that kind of passion, I hate that it was you know prompted by tra- tragedy. tragedy. I mean, like that is such a tiny word to describe the tsunami of grief that people feel. Yeah. And even people like us who are at a distance... It is a wave of grief about this again. And I want somebody to be accountable for it. Yeah. I want. I, I can't even imagine how amazing it would be for a senator to say, I am responsible for this, yep. and I'm going to stand up here, money be damned. This is what this what I really actually believe in and yeah. have a fucking spine yep. and the difference that would make because it's not going to come from top down.
1: No, it's got to come from the people. The people have to vote people out and have to say no,
0: but there's plenty of people that are senators that are not right. Aren't there? I just they they don't make the news cause they're not total jerks. Then can't they stand up? Like, aren't they supposed to be representing us? I don't know. <laughs> I'm too busy trying to float my own boat that I'm like, I can't even. (laughs) This cat is insane. Totally. You're losing us listeners, Mig, because you're distracting us from even focusing on what we're supposed to be talking
1: about. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got some, we got some, we got some purring in there too. So yeah. So it was all worth it. (laughs) I guess. Um, Well, let's talk, let's talk about our musical guest. Oh yes,
0: that's right. Okay, so I chose Brooks Long and the Mad Dog No Goods song, "Heavy Petting," hmm. which I think is a great track. Um, and so
1: I, I don't want to, I don't want to be inappropriate, but that is what's happening right now. There's some heavy petting with Meg right ped- now. Yeah. That is he's, some pretty heavy petting. He's getting a head scratch.
0: <laughs> um, I met Brooks a couple of years ago. He, um, I think he's a really talented songwriter, and he's a super nice person. His band is incredible too. Um, Dan Samuels, I believe, is playing percussion. Ian Trussheim, I think I'm saying his last name perfect... Or not perfectly, but good. <laughs> I don't know why. I just totally like Donald Trump. was just like, I'm saying that last name perfectly. That's your last name. <laughs> I just said it tremendously.
1: <laughs> Tremendous. I I have all the best pronunciation. I
0: have all the best... That's what I meant to say. I have all the best pronunciation. Anyway, I think that's who is in this band on this recording, but I'm not sure. Anyway, the the lead singer is Brooks Long. He's a Baltimore-based uh, musician and... He has a great sense of humor about his songwriting. There, He also has a great voice. And um, he put together... There was a label in Baltimore whose name... I've forgotten the label now. I think it's Rujak Records. And they had a retrospective in, I want to say October, at the Arch Social Club in Southwest Baltimore. And it was so cool to go over there. Uh, Brooks and... A couple other people organized this show and they had young players on stage with these guys that had hits on this record in uh, record label in the baltimore in in the baltimore in baltimore in the 60s hmm. and it was really really cool just to see them perform their songs Cause they're still alive in this social club which is a great social club um and i I'm hoping that I'll get invited to go back because I th- I'm pretty sure you have to get invited by a member to go back. Hmm. So I would love to attend another show there. Um, that sounds cool. As a guest. It was really, really cool. And Brooks I was emceeing and I'm pretty sure he put that whole showcase together. So yeah, he's a mover and shaker here in Baltimore and um, just an all run nice guy. I featured him on my webcast a couple years ago, Listening with Ellen Cherry. And... Um, I just thought he was fantastic. We had a wonderful yeah. conversation before and after. And I think you should enjoy heavy petting. Huh.
1: <laughs> yes, everyone should enjoy heavy
0: petting. Everyone should enjoy some heavy petting.
1: Okay. okay. We get it. We get it.
2: <laughs> Hello, kitten. I you into heavy petting? Turn it on and drop. Betting. I heard you snap hearts like a toothpick I want to show you how strong my love is mm-hmm. Hello kitten, I into heavy bedding? Turn it on and drop needle Let's make it out to Otis Redding She said, I love the way he for it Sounds like he's down on his knees for it mm-hmm. Now you see what I got to deal with Her love hurts, it ain't a secret mm-hmm. Wish that she would keep it But I know what the deal is Man, no practicing, no preaching Come on I've been playing the field so long I think I lost my mind Several
0: that's the first time you've heard that song it's right? the
1: first time I've heard that song
0: it's so ooh, ooh. it's so humorous
1: it's humorous but it's it's and, really I, I really like it I, I and well written yeah very well written and uh, not not a it's not a song that you would like contemporary wise it's it's unique to what people are writing about
2: because mm-hmm.
1: people aren't writing about uh, heavy petting uh, much yes and and not in a way that's 'Cause it's kinda sly, but at the same time it's kind of overt. Yeah. But it's also, you know, there's a wink and a nod to all the things that are going on. Yeah. And I like how like he starts off like really cool. Like, <laughs> eh, it's all right. Hey, it's okay. And then like halfway to three fourths of the way through like whoa! He's it's like,
0: like, It's kinda... got <laughs> out like, Yeah, sorry, I just did the same thing. Oh, so cool. Busted
1: out your mic my yeah. mic
0: again. Um, no, I love the um the climax. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. of, of need the climax of need
1: <laughs> the climax of need oh, that sounds like a record title
0: <laughs> um i just i have well, i remember him performing that on the webcast and i just i had seen him perform it before i don't know at creative alliance or something and i just thought it was a brilliant song and funny and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and sweet and his delivery is really good and even listening i haven't listened to the recording very much cuz i've know the song and um have heard it live but he's got a little bit of a Michael Jackson mm-hmm. kind of voice and he's got a lot of control and there's a lot of stuff flowing by really fast in there that he has great control over notes and to go into um, that, you know, like screaming falsetto is, and to have that much control and be in tune is incredible. Like a really talented singer. Yes. Great band too.
1: Oh, totally agree. Yeah, so Production's fam- really good on it too.
0: Should be famous. It should and be. I, and I love the classic sound. Mm-hmm. It's not reductive at all. It's like people who are... Brooks really has honored that sound, too. Um, I don't know what you would call that. Is it a doo-wop sound?
1: Uh, kind of like a doo wop Motown stacks. Yeah,
0: Motown stacks kind of sound. And that's... I, I believe it's Roo Jack Records. I'd have to look it up. But I there's a lot of that sound that he was curating in mm-hmm. that showcase, too. So he's definitely in it. And he's a nice person.
1: Yes, he's nice. I, I ran sound for him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, in a previous life
0: nice at a previous location which shall not be named
1: uh, well you know you gotta do what you gotta do yeah gotta be who you gotta be gotta have what you gotta have yes yeah. for me it's grounded electricity gotta have it good so anyhow okay well here we are we're winding down we've talked about the tour we talked about accountability we've We've
0: featured a song. We've
1: we've talked about gun control. <laughs> we've petted the cat.
0: We've we have we have. talked about gun control we
1: have petted the cat we have we have we have
0: heavily petted the cat.
1: Yes, who still insisted on jumping up on the computer anyhow? I don't know. What, full of contradictions. Yeah, I don't know what he just did, but he did something. Oh no! Oh, it was your essay? That's what he deleted it. I don't think he deleted it, but I think he got close.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so where can we find your Materials.
1: You can find my stuff at JuneStar dot That's J U N E S T A R dot
0: And if I wanted to support you month to month, which mm-hmm. I am,
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: for a mere five dollars a month, which means I receive all of your back catalog, yes, and the
1: whole, the whole enchilada, everything new that and you cheese. create, extra cheese,
0: yes. Where would I find that?
1: You would find that at Junestar.BandCamp.com dot forward slash subscribe nice we just sold a a sleeping with the lights on digital download yesterday
0: nice 10 bucks what in my pocket thank you supporter yep
1: yep and it was somebody i didn't know
0: that's always a thrill
1: right so i looked them up on facebook and started stalking
0: (laughs) and you're like we will be friends
1: (laughs) we will be friends Is, is it too early too soon um yeah so well ellen cherry what about you? Uh, let's just say that I'm I'm going through Baltimorebands.net, and I'm looking for somebody who I need to open a show for me at Mom's in 2004.
0: I thought it was 2003. It was 2004. You, you know, think it's 2004?
1: I think it's 2004.
0: Cause... You you would find me, and you would find me back then too. Although it was not, I do need to revamp. My Is there website. any
1: way we can find out what that show was?
0: Who knows? I have to look back through calendars, paper calendars at that point. EllenCherry.com. E-L-L-E-N-C-H-E-R-R-Y.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I also have a su- subscription service. You do.
1: And I su- uh, it's so good I subscribed to it twice. I, <laughs> I haven't deleted my second subscription yet. What? Why not? I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's generous. Um <laughs>
1: what kind of stuff are you putting on your subscription
0: Um, I haven't posted February stuff yet and need to do that I've been writing a couple songs for FOM February album writing album writing month oh yeah I'm doing that too you are doing it you're you're killing it and um, I'm gonna record at least one of those songs for my subscription service and probably two of them Um, I put out I try to offer two items a month Mm -hmm. and for four dollars and that's at ellencherry.bandcamp.com right. yeah that's awesome and you can find tour information at why aren't you famous.org and we have a GoFundMe and we have a GoFundMe page, which is GoFundMe.com forward slash capital Y a no W A Y F <laughs> lowercase tour. Man, I can't even spell it. Anyway, it, neither the, can I. the point is just find us on Facebook. You'll see it or search, yeah. search us on GoFundMe. We would love to have your money so we can buy coffee in hotels,
1: Oh, coffee, hotels, <sighs> running water
0: it's gonna be fun we're creeping closer we've been this is episode this is
1: episode 18 i know it's 19 19 episode this is episode 19, 19. you can by now have the wasted, season's almost over
0: wasted spent 19 hours of your precious life minutes wow and we're
1: not we're not any closer to being famous
0: oh i do <laughs> i hope i hope not yeah Ugh, gross um, is there a test you can take to make mm. sure you don't have fame? Um, we're passing with flying covers. Um, on <laughs> March 24th. It's a urine test. Absolutely
1: zero fame.
0: <laughs> results are negative. Yep. <laughs> um, on March 24th, you and I will be performing with Matt Monta at the Four Hour Day Luthery here Correct. in Baltimore. And live. And we are recording for an hour before the show from 6 to 7 p.m. We will be recording our final podcast of yep. the season one of Why Aren't You Famous podcast. And so please join us. There's seats for about 60 people there. It would be mm-hmm. awesome to have you in the audience and you can attend a live taping of the podcast. So yes. um, I'll be posting those uh, events on Facebook really soon and I'll figure out how to put them on the website. I haven't done that yet, but maybe that's what I'm going to do tonight.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Or just watch movies. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see what does. happens.
1: That's right. You Because you have my HBO access.
0: Don't say <laughs> things like that into the microphone, man.
1: <laughs> they don't care.
0: They Comrade, they frown on us sharing oh, com- things communally, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, comrade. Comrade Grimm. Comrade Cherry. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> Say it correctly.
1: Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you later.
0: <laughs> now I'm worried.
1: Yeah, here we go. Hope nobody's listening to this. Yeah, the evil <laughs> moguls in HBO. Ah, don't worry. Um, all right, take care. We'll see you next time. See you. Bye.
0: Dirty bastard.